Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot and it's brought to you by... That would be Club Hawthorne Betting Bars featuring craft beers, great food, horse racing, video slots, sports betting through points bet throughout Chicagoland. We say good morning to Shea W. Norla. Good morning, boys, on a Wednesday. How are we? Awesome. We are doing great. Blessed to be here with you guys. I think that uh, we have discovered something for Cap, something to wear. It's going to be a jersey, and he'll stand out. The hope is is that that jersey is not a scarlet letter for you. What, what does that mean? What do you mean, what does it mean? It means what I just told you. The hope is is that you're not standing out like a sore thumb and someone's trying to swing on you. Tell him to pack a lunch and bring a platoon. I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in ready. To do what? To root for the Bears? Yeah, to cheer my team on and any green and gold jackaloon, as Yurko calls him, wants to have a shot at the title. <laughs> what title do you have? A shot at the title. We're coming. We're going to take me? the North and never give it back. Not this year, but it's coming. Okay. You said you don't want a fan to take a shot at the title. What title do you hold? I don't see any belts. What title? You come at the king, you best not miss. Okay. I'm coming in. Hot. Ready to go. Uh-huh. Bears, Packers. Uh-huh. Okay. You, you being the king in that scenario, right? Correct. You being the king. Because I'm coming from a real city, from Chicago. Every guy can bust. <laughs> I'm coming from Chicago. Uh-huh. I'm coming in to rep my team. So you hear that, folks? You know, best not uh, come at the king. You best not miss, right, when you come at the king. Yeah, some, and, and Cap being the king. Some jag's going to punch me out at the stadium. <laughs> hey, king, how's that doing down there? <laughs> hey, man, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I just want to go have a good time. You hear that, Shay? <laughs> Viral photo again of Cap asleep at a live event, except this time he got knocked out. Yeah, I just don't want to see you on, on your ass on an Instagram reel. Yeah, me. <laughs> He's being knocked out. Bears! Oh, God! No! <laughs> I'm coming in to rep my team and cheer as hard as I can, and hopefully, uh-huh. when 60 minutes of football is over, we're walking out loving it. Yeah. 7 and 10. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Wow. All right, uh, Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee yesterday, and he wanted to talk a little bit about the Bears-Packers rivalry. Take a listen to what he thinks of the state of the rivalry. Bears have been playing very well these last couple weeks, so, but hey, everything you want, you know, got one more to get into the dance at home. Jordan Love has played incredible down the stretch here, absolutely incredible. He's been really fun to watch, especially with guys being hurt. Pretty good. I'm kid. just I'm worried about the defense still, Aaron. I think that's kind of just just the way it goes. I, but hey, beat the Bears and you're in the dance. That's all you can ask for. Definitely, the young guys have played really well, and Jordan's been uh, excellent. He made like four or five pretty incredible throws uh, the other night. Um, so one more game to go. It's uh, the Super Bowl for the Bears just about every year because they haven't haven't been in the playoffs. Oh yeah, Bears have been that long. So. This is their Super Bowl. It's been, we've won, uh, what have we won? Matt's never lost to them, I don't think. It's like nine in a row. Uh, Zito? I, 
Yeah, I believe so. See those uh, Matt Lafleur. That was a rhetorical. That was a rhetorical yeah. question. That's, that's at least nine in a row. Okay, all right. <laughs> he knew. By the way, he had yep. that. Eighteen, we got beat by him there when Joe Philbin was the coach. Sorry. We beat him earlier, so it's definitely nine in a row. Um, Do you think? Really a, is it a rivalry anymore? Oh, jeez. Go ahead, Shay. There you go. Is it a rivalry anymore? Shot or no shot? It's not a rivalry unless you can win. Well, first of all, uh, nice job by McAfee. All the money that he's paying Aaron Rodgers to do this every week. Nice microphone in that wine cellar that he did the broadcast from. That's number one. Number two, Aaron Rodgers calling the Green Bay Packers we as a jet. And us. Huh. Yeah. You're a jet. You're not a Packer. We, huh? Go ahead, Cap. Sounds like somebody misses the rivalry. Look, have they had our number for a while? Yeah. We got a new regime in there. We've got a new vibe. And we got more talent coming. So we out there in New York, you worry about your Jimmy Kimmel issues because we're coming for the Packers on Sunday. Big time. Well, I would say, Cap, when it comes to Shay's question, historically, it is a rivalry because you can't help but to see the matchups in the division year after year after year. Historically, it is a rivalry. However, when one part of the rivalry is the hammer and the other one is the nail, it is a problem because, because they, have domi- they, they have dominated the Bears for 30 years. But you should know better than anyone. Who's your biggest rival at Georgia? Well... What did you say on the show a few weeks ago when we were discussing rivalries? Well, we talked about Georgia, Florida, and Georgia, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Yeah. Well, that is no rivalry. You're the hammer, they're the nail. But it's still, you said, your number one rival. They got a nice recruiting class coming up, Georgia Tech. I was reading. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) They're on the come. Whatever. No, but, but the point is that the rivalry will always be there, yes. Yes, since the 90s, the Packers have gotten the best of the Bears from a one-loss record standpoint. So, yeah, it still stands for sure. But it would be nice for it to be a little bit more back and forth where the Bears can actually have, a, have some fight. I mean, Lovey Smith, whether or not you thought he was pandering or not, said the number one goal is to beat the Packers, win the division, win a Super Bowl. Because you want to be able to beat the guys up north. You want to beat the Lions and the Vikings, too. Don't forget about that. Correct. But the but the, the the anger with the fan base is there. Even all these players, as you've mentioned for many, many years, I mean, they're just mercenaries. They're here for a cup of coffee, three, four years. They never really get firmly entrenched in the rivalry. They come over via free agency and not really understand. Hey, man, you just want to hate the Packers. We are? Yeah, we are the fans, but still it's just another game to a lot of those players. So, yeah, it means a lot to us, for sure, the rivalry. I'm excited, man. Yeah. Like, I wanted to see a game in that stadium. I've seen in most cool stadiums. I've seen an event. But to see the Packers play the Bengals, <laughs> Packers-Bears, where we can knock them out of the playoffs, oh, bring it on. There's something to play for, as you coaches always say. There's always something to play for. You can be on your ass, and but you still find a way like, hey, this is a goal we have to set today. Well, let's do this today. Correct. So, makes sense. This is one you don't have to give a motivational speech. Even though you're not going to the playoffs, you know what's at stake. You know. Shay. 
All right, Jeremy Fowler worked with our friend Courtney Cronin to break down what a return could look like on a potential trade of the number one pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. They wrote, many experts believe the return would be larger than last year's draft trade. Fowler alluded to two future first-round picks in addition to this year's first, as well as multiple day-two picks and a premium veteran player on a manageable contract. So I'll just, like, hypothetically lay this out. If you were to trade with the Giants, you could get pick five, this year's second, at a first the next two years, another day-two pick, and defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence. Shot or no shot, the Bears have to trade the pick. That's a no shot. They don't have to. They, they don't have to. No, they don't have to do that. They could. Look, it's the most important position in team sports. It is. Being a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you could tell me, nobody knows for sure, but that there's consensus that whoever it is, that guy's going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Like Peyton Manning when he came out. Bill Polian said, I wouldn't trade him for 10 number one picks. That's how important that position is in football. Mm -hmm. If you could tell me, whoever it is, Drake May, Caleb Williams, or the man on the moon, that guy will take you to the Super Bowl, then I'm not trading the pick. If you're like, I don't know if he's okay, I don't think he's... Then trade the pick, keep Justin, and add to the hall. Quite the Sophie's choice, isn't it? Right. Like, I asked you and Shay and Jay Moore this before the show. Now, armed with the knowledge that C.J. Stroud's probably a top 10 quarterback in the league, if you could go back to last draft, do you not make the trade with Carolina and take C.J. Stroud? And Shay, you said? I would. And I would not. I would not. Now, if you told me it's Patrick Mahomes, okay, we can have that discussion. C.J. Stroud's a really good player. Really good. Yes, I think he surprised a lot of people. But you take D.J. Moore off our team then, because there's no trade. You take Darnell Wright off our team, there's no trade. You take Darnell Wright, D.J. Moore, the number one overall pick this year, and the second runner of Carolina's next year. All that goes away. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't have a right tackle. I don't have any receivers. I would not. I want, that trade is the basis for the turnaround. It's funny. We use this phrase a lot lately about playing the results. And the results, the results, the reason why you play them is because it's right in front of you. You see C.J. Stroud and you say, boy, what if he was in it? What if, right? The two biggest words in entertainment. What if C.J. Stroud was in a Chicago Bears uniform? Well, I don't know that C.J. Stroud would be someone that could be able to elevate the Bears just because he's under center. There's still other circumstances with that. Correct. I mean, again, the offensive line, who is is he throwing to, especially last year's team. Could you imagine? Ugh. Right. Again, who would be the number one receiver in that spot this year? Again, if you took C.J. Stroud, you never traded the number one pick last year. There's no right tackle. There's no D.J. Moore. There's no number one overall pick this year. None of it. And no number second rounder next year. None of it. Right. This is the direction that they they chose. I have no problem with the direction, but again, it's about trying to get into the playoffs. Because of this, a non another non playoff season next year, Cap, you got to get there. You got to find a way to get there. Agreed. With fields or without fields, you got to find a way to get there. You're going to add more talent. Does that talent mean that you'll be one of the top teams in the NFC? We will see. We will find out. So, I mean, to, to me, that's a, a it's a no shot. But let's see what happens here in the off season. 
All right, Shay, what else do we have? Uh, Iowa's Caitlin Clark has been all over SportsCenter this morning. Last night against Michigan State, she hit a three-pointer at the buzzer to win the game, 76-73. She launched it from the logo in front of a sold-out crowd in Iowa. Shot or no shot? The Bulls would be better with Caitlin Clark than Zach Levine. <laughs> That's funny. That's a shot. That's a no shot. But on a driving kick, though, she'd be wide open. She is huh? amazing to watch play. And if you bought tickets for that game yesterday, and they were going for hundreds of dollars to get in there. Yeah. If you bought that, there's not many better things that you could get rewarded with for your investment like being at Game 7 for the Cubs, that's a different level. Yeah. A regular season game, the girl who has lit the basketball world on fire hits a shot from 35 feet over the top of a defender to win the game at the buzzer? Mm -hmm. Not many things better than that. Yeah, well, as far as on that level, yes, I would agree with that. It's always good, by the way, that when you have a women's program and a men's program that you can still draw well. In college, because you know it doesn't work that way. If I like ninety percent of the programs, it doesn't work that way. Well, she she has made the Iowa Hawkeyes women far more compelling than watching the Iowa Hawkeyes men. Hey, red faced McCaffrey's going to come after I you. I love Fran. He's a great guy. He's got to be pissed at you for saying that. Sorry, it's, I'm telling you the facts. He's got to be mad at you. <laughs> the, the energy in that building last night was nuts. Nuts. Yeah. yeah. Nuts. You know, Good for those people to be there. I wish there was more examples of that, Cap, on a college campus. It's like, oh, the, the women are out there. They're not, as, they're not very good. They're underachievers. No, she elevates that program where it's a must-watch. Must-watch. So, there's a couple of programs like that. I was surprised. I was watching an LSU game the other day, the LSU women. National champions. Reese. Half empty. I'm like, what the hell? Well, it was the holidays, though. They play Jackson State, Jacksonville State, or something like that? No, I think this was before the holiday. Like, I think it, it may be, like, in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but I still, I'm like a national championship program yeah, in yeah, a co- town like Baton Rouge where college athletics is life mm-hmm. to be half empty. I was surprised. Their coach is a polarizing figure. Hell of a coach. God almighty. Mulkey? She is Ugh. Kim Mulkey. Yeah. Oh, she is worst. What she wears, what she believes, how she comports mm. it, and she was an amazing player when she played at Louisiana. It's amazing. No kidding. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I, I, it is, there's a few programs where you want to see. Like, obviously, Bruno's been great at DePaul for years, mm-hmm. um, but just Angel Reese, and then what we saw last night. You and I were, were looking at the highlights of that that uh, buzzer beater. What a, by Clark it was amazing. When she gets into the WNBA, once again, they'll just elevate that that product. She'll be a must-watch yeah. on the team that she's on. Super cool. All right, we go around the NFL. That is right around the corner, the power rankings. Wait until you hear this on Cap and Jay Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really 
thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Huh? Going around the National Football League, the Power Rankings Edition, and is brought to you by Bevy Marquis Sports Network. Catch the Bears, the great Tom Waddle, the great Tom Thayer, the awesome Taylor McGregor, the great Cole Wright, all of them on Marquis all season long. We say good morning once again to Shay Norling. Hoodie, I have killed the OLI. The OLI oh, is no more. That's a shame. I have a full top 10. So All right. be great. In order, it'll be totally agreeable. Cap, you must agree with me after what has transpired the last couple of weeks. All right. We start with number 10, the Los Angeles Rams. L.A. Rams. What do you think, Cap? Do you believe the L.A. Rams are a top 10 team in the National Football League? Yes. They're playing really well. they got a great coach. He just announced he is coming back. There had been speculation he might leave. And I said, if he leaves... There better be a Brinks truck that says McCaskey on the side of it pulling up to his house. He said, I promise, I am coaching the Rams next year. That's amazing because that's a love for the game and love to be able to teach and coach because he can make it, you know, 2X of that, 3X of that doing TV. But you're not competing. Exactly. So we got number 10 for the Rams. No, number nine. <laughs> no, number I mean, it's, nine. Not, it's less stress when you're just talking about it on TV, right? right? I'm just saying. He wants well, it probably compete. also, like, it probably helps that this was supposed to be a rather terrible year. They have a defense full of rookies and day three picks, and the offense was supposed to take a step back. The cup injury early. Stafford, who knew? Like, the fact that they're playing as well as they are might also motivate them to stick around a little longer. 9-7 and seven with a three-game winning streak, the Rams. All right, number nine. Number nine is the Philadelphia Eagles. Aww. What a fall from grace. And honestly, I think they're probably a one-and-done. They're going to have to go on the road because the Cowboys are winning the East. They're going to have to play the first weekend in an uncomfortable environment. I don't know if they're going to win a game. That defense is horrible. It's a tough one to stomach cap because I really thought that the Eagles can get there. And again, it just the trend is is that they're not going in the right direction. Jay Moore and I thought highly of the Eagles, but it just doesn't work. And that's one of those things, Cap, we talked about in August. We said, Oh, you know, the Eagles, they did some retooling. That's me believing in the front office more so than the actual team that they can get it right. It's it's so bad right now with the Eagles at eleven and five that there's hot seat talk with Sirianni. It's amazing. He just got to the Super Bowl last year. Wait a minute. Right. There's hot seat talk with Sirianni. Who's the owner? Shane Norling? I'm just saying. I would never fire Sirianni. I would make him scapegoat as offensive coordinator, who has done a terrible job. The no, past maybe few the weeks. quarterback's done a terrible job. That, why is it always. Him too. Why can't we put it on the why freaking can't it players? Be both? Why are you running screens for the dead body of Julio Jones? They had two touchdowns the other why day. Why can't we put it on the coaches, Cap? I can argue it both ways. He's pretty- I have no problem putting it on coaches at times, but a lot of it falls at the feet of the players. But heaven forbid we criticize a precious player. The player's pretty good, kid. Number eight. He is. The Kansas City Chiefs. Casey <laughs> Chiefs. The Chiefs are number eight, which is also quite a fall from grace. But they just, they got the win against the Bengals. Yeah. But again, they didn't look good getting there. And the defense took over at the end. I think offensively, they still are struggling to find weapons, even with the emergence of Rasheed Rice. Well, I mean, I mean, all of this cap, I mean, it's several 
places we could play, you know, put the blame. There's no more Biennemi. No one wants to talk about that. That Biennemi's not there. Nagy is there. That's a problem. And of course, Yoko Ono, also a problem on the team. Taylor? Just telling you. Trouble. No shot. She's living in Kansas City and coming to practice. You don't know what she's doing, pal. That's a weak excuse. No, weak. It's, not, no, it's not weak. And hey, hold on a second. It's not weak. It's my opinion. My opinion is is that there's the the legs are weakened of Travis Kelsey. Not as effective. Women weaken legs. That's what Mickey said in Rocky. Yeah. So there you have it. Not as effective. And of course, Nagy. So he doesn't uh, call the plays either. Okay. Okay. How about the enemy not being there? Do you think that's a factor? It has to be a factor, but how about paying no money for any receivers? Well, they try to do it the Patriot way, right? Just find anybody out there because it's Patrick Mahomes. He could just do anything. And it doesn't work that way. Damn right it doesn't. Hmm. Where's Tyree Kill? He plays in Miami. Where's this guy? Where's that guy? Oh, where's uh, some of the offensive line? Not quite as good as it was. That's when, again, still solid organization, as you well know. You have to tighten the screws. This is why the Eagles are at nine and the Chiefs are at eight on Shea's list. Those teams have to tighten the screws in the offseason. There you go. What are we missing? How can we get back to that championship level? Fair. That's it. Number seven. The wildly impressive Cleveland Browns with Joe Flacco. That defense is incredible. Flacco just keeps throwing for 300-plus yards. I, I frankly can't believe what they're doing, but it's hard to discount it now. 11-5, and five, the results speak for themselves. This will be, this is really the hallmark of what the season has been in the NFL, right, Cap? They, they, this is going to be always remembered as the backup year for quarterbacks. It's incredible. You got a stick here. You got a, you got a uh, the quarterback here with the, the Browns that you just mentioned, Joe Flacco. A lot of backups getting a lot of time this year because of injury or whatever. Yeah. But he has the Browns at number seven. That's his team with a four-game winning streak. Pretty good. So now I can't wait for number six. All right, Shade, number six. Number six is the Miami Dolphins, fresh off a ass-kicking at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens. Dolphins beat the Cowboys at home in the Fraud Bowl and then went up to Baltimore with a chance to really cement themselves as one of the best teams and got that ass taxed. I I don't know if uh, Miami can be in the top five anymore. I think that's fair. What was I mentioned to you about a month ago, Cap, the December swoon of the Dolphins. As good as they are offensively, and again... And now they lost Bradley Chubb, too. I think it's it, it, it's better than what we saw in the 80s with Marino, the type of weapons that they have, but it's about trying to get to the next level. I don't think that they're there yet. Can you imagine they're still on? They're still on hard knocks. They're still rolling that every week. In, in season? season, yeah, I haven't watched. So that's I mean that's interesting. And then the Bills on the on the seventh of uh, January that also will tell a great story. Great story. I just think one and done for them in the playoffs, Shay. That's what I think. Yeah, that's what it feels like, especially because I think Buffalo wins that game. Miami has to go on the road. God bless. Yeah. Uh, number five, as we move into the cream of the crop, is the Detroit Lions. Lions may not have won over the weekend, but I think lost in a way that at least proves they are as competitive as anybody. Nobody has kept it close in Dallas except Detroit. What do you think, Cap? Lions top five team? Are they at five for you? I think they are a top five team. They got hosed the other day. They should have won that football game. They didn't. I hope they play with a chip on their shoulder. 
think they got hosed, huh? Well, it's, it's funny because uh, Dan Campbell, we'll play it a little bit later on, Dan Campbell had some issues on uh, sports radio in Detroit regarding this. Very interesting. I mean, you know what? He wants you to tell it like it is. Well, uh, got to hear that coming up in a little yep. bit He's here on Captain awesome. Jay. I love that, dude. They play the Vikings coming up on the 7th do the Lions. All right, Lions 5, number 4. Number 4 is the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to get a home game in the playoffs because they're going to win the NFC East. Who that do means they play this week? Washington. That means they're going to get at least one playoff win. I, I just If they get to play in Jerry World, they're world beaters. So I'm all over Dallas as number 4. Uh, any disagreements there? I mean, top no. team. They're outstanding. I think they can win the Super Bowl. No, I don't think they can go that far. I just, I just think again. Let's see and that, that that Lions game though. Is there was there any trepidation for you, Shay, to put them uh, maybe a little lower just based on how they won that game against the Lions? Not really, because I don't think like the rest of these teams on the list. I don't think are even close to as good as Detroit or Dallas. So like the two okay. of them have to be at five and four. I wasn't going to move Detroit ahead of Dallas. They didn't win the game. Ah, okay. So number three. Number three is the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo. They're back. <laughs> I like. I know it wasn't. Boy, always you vacillate like a windsock. Holy cow! You had Sean McDermott fired a few weeks ago. I didn't have him fired. I said if it doesn't get better, he's going to get fired. It got better. It got murky around the Bengals Broncos losses and the loss against the Eagles. And people thought, okay, this is going to be an underachievement team. I, I said at the time, I said, don't be surprised if Josh Allen's the only one left if they keep going in this direction. Remember me saying that? I said, Stephon Diggs is not happy. He was not happy at the time. McDermott, someone had to be the scapegoat if they underachieve. So we'll see. Well, it's funny how Ken Dorsey gets launched off the team plane and they elevate Joe Brady to be the offensive coordinator and suddenly they actually look good. Yeah. It's just weird how that happens. Offensive coordinators seem to matter a little bit. So Buffalo at number three, number two, Shay. Number two is the San Francisco 49ers. Despite the loss to Baltimore and the not-their-best-football win against the Commanders, look, they're the best roster in the football, top to bottom. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. They're going to be the one seed in the NFC. They'll get to host Dallas in uh, Santa Clara if it comes to that, mm-hmm. or Philly or Detroit or whoever. I think it's very difficult to beat them there. But that's where the number one team comes into play because they did go to Santa Clara and they beat that ass. The Baltimore Ravens, Kaplan, are the number one team in the NFL by a wide margin. Lamar is playing the best football of his career. He is the NFL MVP. Mm -hmm. They have just incredible coaching on the defensive side. That defense doesn't get talked about with Cleveland or the Jets or the others. It's as good as all of them. Yeah, how did Lamar do when he was MVP the last time in the playoffs? It was a different team. I they, didn't ask you that. They, all I they lost. Let me be cl- correct. I'll answer the question, but you also there is context to it. That team was all Lamar running. Damn. Everything that they wanted to do was with Lamar's legs. It was Greg Roman's offense. It was grind out time of possession. And if we get down, we can't win because we don't have a passing attack. He didn't have a thousand yard wide receiver. His leading receiver was Mark Andrews with like 850 yards. So he was the Jackson 5. This is a different wow. offense. This is Todd Munkin. <laughs> deep good. drops, deep balls. 
It, it, it's been really impressive to see Lamar become a different player and be back in the MVP conversation. He's really good. He's an amazing player. Amazing. He's going to have two MVPs. How many guys could say that? That said, prove to me you can get to a Super Bowl and win it. Prove it. Jay Moore, who is the Tito on that team? Do you recall? Uh, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> he was all of them, right? right. He was every Jackson. <laughs> all it's the brothers. True. Randy, everybody. <laughs> what are we giving Willie Sneed a spot in the band? I don't think so. Who are they probably going to get in the playoffs? Oh, man. Uh, the, well, they'll get it by. So, mm-hmm. No. In their first game, who are they going to get? We don't know. They're going to have a bye week. We have to see the game get played. No, but who's the matchup that will probably get them? What's it looking uh, like? I have to look. You think you'll get knocked out in the first round, Kevin? I didn't say that. I'm just I, I, curious. I'm asking you. Well, who are they playing? I don't know. I'm just, do you believe that they are a wobbly number one for you? No, they're a really good football team. Mm-hmm. They would get either. They could. They probably won't get Buffalo because Buffalo is likely to win in Miami. They're three point favorites. Mm-hmm. So they could get Miami again. They could get Cleveland. Wow. Uh, they could get Indianapolis. Cleveland, Baltimore would be interesting. That'd be super intriguing. What if Baltimore? What if Cleveland gets on a heater? Tommy, what if Cleveland gets on a heater? Is that possible that they can start? It's uh, possible. Yeah. Yes. Of course it is. Four in a row right now. Flacco's got nothing. If nothing to lose, he's just letting it. Letting it and fly, Miles Garrett he? might be the defensive player of the year. He's you get amazing. Some guys healthy, possibly too. You get yeah. some guys back in your huddle. You, yeah. I mean, Joe Flacco. 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 Flacco back in Baltimore. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> That'd be I love Shay. Shay. Shay's, I, I, I love your passion, and you have been consistent with the Ravens, but you may vacillate week to week when oh, this team is the best or this team is the work, but, but your passion never vacillates, which is awesome. Yeah. Say it loud, say it proud. He Even does. if it's different this week than it was the week before, I admire the passion. Say it loud, say it proud. Fan. He's an NFL fan. By the way, did you, right. we're going to play the Dan Campbell sports radio thing for you since you and Sylvie co-host the Matt Eberflu show. We are going to show you how it goes in Detroit. Yeah, we're going to play Uh-oh. that for you, Tommy. And yeah, by the way, if you didn't know, you're, you're coming up next uh, right here on Cap and Jay Hood. Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood. You're officially locked in. Put your hands up in the sky. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Tom Waddle. Tom Waddle. Former wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. The guy's amazing. 1989 All-Madden team and afternoon co-host on ESPN Chicago. I think he's going to start at least eight games in the National Football League next year for a team that's going to give him a chance. It's Waddle Wednesday with Tom Waddle. Listen, I got a pedicure in an hour. When I get back here, the wheels better be spinning, all right? On Kevin G. Hood, ESPN Chicago. It's a Waddle Wednesday here on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. And Tommy is on the hotline. That would be the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the CarX Man. Morning, Tommy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Uh, happy New Year. Good to, see, uh, good to talk to you. Uh, it's good to hear your voice, Jonathan. I talk to Cap all the time, so but it's good to hear your voice. Absolutely, sir. So we're looking forward to, we talked about uh, how this is meat and cheese week, the Bears and the Packers. Oh, yeah. So where do you place Justin Fields in his play against Atlanta versus other starts you've seen? 
Was oh it is it top God. three, it's, top five? It's 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 gold medal, and it's not even close. It's not even close. It's the best I've seen him play. I felt that way Sunday watching him from my couch, and it was just my thoughts about that were just reaffirmed when I watched the film yesterday. Um, <clears throat> and it's not for it's not the speci- it's it's not the yards. It's not he ran for a touchdown. He threw for a touchdown. He threw for two sixty eight. The stuff that has kept me up at night, not literally, but from a football you know perspective is stuff that doesn't necessarily show up in the stats it's not functioning efficiently in the pocket walking into a sack versus shuffling left shuffling right or climbing the pocket to create a throwing lane not getting the ball out quick enough and then ultimately allowing a defender to come in and knock the ball away or just not seeing the field clearly enough or trusting what you're seeing and pushing the ball downfield that's the stuff that's the quarterback related stuff that has left me uncertain about his future going forward in this organization. The athletic stuff, he's one of one on so many fronts. Like, he does stuff that, you know, I think I got in an argument with Philly Sid last year when, when, when Sid called the show and tried to tell me that Jalen Hurts runs the ball as well as Justin Fields. There's nobody in the National Football League that when he has the ball in his hands and his priority is running the football, there's no better running quarterback in the league. His size, his speed, his durability. More than Lamar? No question, Cap, because he's stronger than Lamar. Lamar may have a little bit, a little more burst. Maybe not even now because Lamar's older. But I'll take Justin Fields' ability to run with the ball in his hands over Lamar at this point. Now, I mean, it may be a close second, but my point is, is that he can do some things and he does some out off-platform stuff that is out of this world. But you can't get to the top of the mountain just leaning on the off-platform stuff. You go back and watch what he did. And I don't know, Jonathan, whether or not it was just he said, F it. This may be my last game in front of this Soldier Field crowd as this team. They may be moving on from me. Whatever the case may be, I'm going to play free. First play of the game, pushes the ball downfield, takes a shot. It was a good route, little combo route on the outside. Outside guy runs a little post. Inside guy runs a little kind of wheel route. It's open, throws a beautiful ball. They ran the same exact play in the second series to the left side. He did the same thing. He threw that post route to Tyler Scott. And, again, Tyler Scott doesn't track the ball well enough. That's an issue. Um, that's a beautiful – not only is it a beautiful throw, he doesn't make that. He didn't make that throw last week against the Cardinals when he had an opportunity to throw it to D.J. Moore on the ball that was intercepted. The touchdown pass he throws into a spot. My favorite play of the entire game – was the first play of the second half where he throws the deep in route against man coverage. I think I've only seen him throw that or attempt that throw one other time the ball got batted down against Detroit. The fact that he's just he's he's stepping up into the pocket, he's trusting what he sees and he's willing to push the ball downfield in this game. DJ makes a great does a great job as a, a one does. Leans on Terrell, knocks, pushes him or Terrell or however you pronounce his name, AJ, moves him outside, creates some space. The ball's delivered. It's a huge play. He doesn't even attempt that throw half the time, and it's the stuff that drives me crazy when I watch the film. I told Cap, Jonathan, when you were off, I, you go back and look at the second half of the Cardinal game, and I'm, I'm you know I'm like oh, wringing my hands. I'm like, this no, you can't this, this you can't play this way. And I think that that's kind of been the message over the course, or that's kind of been the theme over the course of the last year or so, that you'll see a really good half, or you'll see sometimes even into the third quarter, but you haven't seen a complete game. And the things that don't show up on the stat sheet, like willingness to push the ball downfield and take your shots, 
that was that all went away. Like so, for me watching that film, I it just it was by far the best game I've seen him play. And I think part of it is he just said, "Eff it, I'm going to go out there and I'm I'm going to take my shots." And okay. He made them. Okay. So the question is, is this similar to your partner Sylvie saying pop up championships or pop up division titles? Is this a pop up? What we saw because the Arizona game, yeah, is less than two weeks ago. Yes. It's a cap. I know what you're saying. It's like, look, it's the conundrum. The second half of the Cardinals game, I'm telling you, people, I I know Chase Daniel, and I love Chase. Chase said Justin Bald against the Cardinals. I don't know if he watched the second half. They threw for 35 yards against that putrid defense. Yeah. Like, the reads weren't made. You know, it just, there was a couple of splash plays where he tucked and run. I thought it was some of the worst film I've seen all year. And in so I was interested to see how he was going to play against the Falcons. I'm some, one of these guys that, you know, when you have to make a decision of this magnitude, you got to look inside the details. How do you play against the better defenses? And while the Falcons, you know, they're, they're not the Chiefs defensively, they're not the Browns defensively, their coordinator's not nearly as accomplished as Brian Flores, but that was a top 10 defense statistically. Now, they may not have had really any interest in playing in Chicago weather, but that's a statistically top 10 defense, and you give that quarterback. And, oh, by the way, guys, that offensive coordinator, a lot of credit for what happened. Yeah, Luke Getzey deserves a lot of credit. it, It doesn't happen when you put a crappy game plan together and then everyone just overperforms. There were guys running wide open out there. And, I mean, listen, to answer your question, Cap, that's that's the... That's the biggest question that Ryan Poles is going to have to answer. Because at the end of the day, as impressed as I was with what I saw, and I was thrilled to see that kid take his shots, and not only take his shots, but be accurate with them. And a lot of times, guys, you're not going to hit all of those balls. Because the other guys get paid, and it's a higher degree of difficulty trying to take those shots. But you got to take them. Josh Allen takes them. You know, uh, Jalen Hurts takes them. They, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, they all, all the top quarterbacks take those shots. And if you get it picked off, fine. As long as the read was right and you went through the progress and you made a mistake or the, it wasn't as accurate or the other guy gets picked, fine. I don't care, but you got to try it. So if you're Ryan Poles, you know, my, my stance all season long has been the same and it's not, it hasn't changed. If Ryan Poles has come to the conclusion that there's a guy in this draft that he feels can take his team to a place that the current guy can't, then you make the pick. If you're not 100% certain and you're not all in, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May or, or Michael Penix or whoever it is, then you don't, you don't take the chance. So, I mean, like the, the, I think the dilemma's the same. And you can ride the roller coaster. Like, if you were seriously watching the film of the second half of the Cardinals game and you were unbiased and you were neutral, you'd have run that card to the, to the commissioner with the first pick of the draft. Caleb Bears take Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. If you watch that film against the Atlanta Fal- Falcons, you're like, no chance. I'm trading that pick and I'm going to get a haul and we're going to move forward with the hip. You live in this, you know, you live in this instant gratification here and now society you know, I will say this, guys. You go to Green Bay and you put it on them and our quarterback plays better than theirs and you do something you haven't done for, what, seven years? They've lost seven in a row in Lambeau. Justin's 0-5 against the Packers. Jordan Lovestone for 3,843 yards and 30 touchdowns, something no Bear quarterback has ever done in the history of this grand franchise. 
our guy goes up there and beats them and he plays better than their quarterback, loudest statement that this kid and this coaching staff could have made over the last two years. We preview the Bears and Packers and also some big, a big statement by Dan Campbell, the head coach for the Lions. You'll hear that coming up next with Tommy on the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000. Good morning. Glad you're along for the Cap and Jay Hood experience. We're here weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN. Hello. Chicago. Good morning. Tom Waddle. He's the best, man. That yes. guy is such a good person. Absolutely. Wow. Part of Waddle and Sylvie, 2-6 to six here on hey, ESPN 1000. Tommy, I have a conundrum. I'm going to my first ever game at Lambeau. I think I'm going to go wear a jersey. Yeah. Do I wear Waddle 87? I got one you can borrow. Ser- what? Serious? Yeah. What color is it? It's green and gold. What color do you think it is? Well, I, well, is it a throwback stripe? Is it I orange? I do have that one, but no, this one is uh, it's blue. Might we need the throwback stripe one? I can give you the throwback stripe one. That'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. A, I loved that jersey. Everyone else made it. They said it made them puke, but I loved that jersey. What size is it? Probably I, a large? I don't know. I mean, you've, it, it fit over my shoulder pad, so I think it oh, would probably good. fit you. It's okay. Perfect. Can you drop it off at I the worry, house yeah, on your way downtown? I don't know if you know this, but the jersey goes on over the pads, not under the pads. So it has to be. I thought big. you were talking about like a one you never played in, just when you no, wore. No, this is one that I, I Game used. In. I'm yeah. in. I think it's got the the the. I think it's got the the NFL anniversary patch, seventy five year anniversary oh. patch on it as well. Can you drop it at my house on your no, way downtown? It. How about this? I'll give it. I'll bring it in. I'm coming to work today. I'll give it to Sylvie, and he could drop it off at your house. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, you can have it. Thank you, you can't have it, but you can you can wear it. Okay. I know that you saw what was happening with the Detroit Lions, uh, Tommy. The yeah. whole uh, Dan Campbell decision goes back to Saturday's game. Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions. You know, so this is the setup here. So is Mike and Jim hosting on 97-1 the ticket in Detroit doing a sports talk show. They have Dan Campbell on every week. That decision for going for two after the penalty. So this is the back and forth between Campbell and the host. He doesn't shy away from anything, Dan Campbell. You got the penalty and move it to go the... Go ahead and say it. Say it. Both of you. What? Say it. Say what you want to say. I think from the seven, it's a low percentage play. I think your chances of winning are lower than if you kick the extra point. I would have I like you would say it to anybody else. I'm on the radio. Say it like you want to say it. Yeah. I thought it was a reckless decision. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I respect the hell out of, of Dan. Like you know, I think he. I think if you 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 talk to people up there as well, like he respects the media. So he knows they've got a job to do. So I don't think it was him. Just I being love a that turd. dude. Going for two after the officiating gaffe. Did I you think? Did you think that was reckless too? I would not have done it. I would not. I would have. I would have kicked the extra point at that point because I agree with. I think it was Mike. Who's the guy that that, that does the show? Mike and Jim. Yeah. Uh, whoever, whether it was Mike or Jim, I agree that at that point it's a lower percentage play. But look, that's just me. It doesn't mean I'm right. Like if if Dan Campbell, this is who he is, then be true to yourself. I would have kicked it, but I'm scared of my shadow. Matt Abraflus in that same situation on Wild and Sylvie. Why'd you go for it? I don't know. What's up yours? That would be the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Who made oh, that call? Cool. That would be me. Yeah. Yeah. That would be I, me. I, 
I think that uh, I, I think that Dan Campbell has really created a kind of an image for that team, and and right. I, I don't think they're invincible. I think you can still get them, but I admire what they've done. Here's hoping, guys, that we've kind of taken the Detroit path. Right, you get off to a. I just righted you. You get off to a slow start. You you find your momentum. You win a bunch of games. You go up to Green Bay. And you beat them, knock them out of the playoffs, hopefully, and it propels you to better things going forward. I haven't seen the number, guys. So what, what's your gut three. feeling? Three. Green Bay, three. What do you think? I, I'm going to play the Bears on the money line. I just think that I, 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 this is the youngest team in the National Football League up there. I admire what Jordan Love has done. He's going to, you know, it looks like at least so far he's a bear nightmare because you go from Favre to Rodgers. I'm not suggesting he's Favre or Rodgers, but... To have a 300, he's going to throw for 4,000 yards more than likely. He needs 160 yards to get there. He's thrown for 30 touchdown passes. We haven't had a quarterback in the history of our organization to do either. So he's had a really nice season. Pretty good, kid. And he's got a bunch of young weapons. I think he can still take the ball away from him. I know he hasn't thrown a lot of picks in the second half of the season, but he throws it into some tight spots and he takes some chances. I think our offense will go up there and play loose and free. I don't think the defense – their defense played better against Minnesota, but, like, Minnesota's starting – I don't even know who they're starting at quarterback any longer. So an easier assignment. That defense hasn't been great. I, I got no problem suggesting to you with – not just with, you know, fan pouring – fanboy pouring out of my pores. <laughs> I think if you evaluate this game, you could definitely come to the conclusion that the Bears win this game. God, that'd be so flippin' cool to be there and they win. Oh my be great. God! Now Can you, I go back to one thing real quick? I also wanted—I wrote this down for you guys as well because there's a lot of conversation about, you know, what they have to do for Justin to be successful. You guys realize you're smart football guys. Where the majority of those big plays came from, right? It came from the pocket. Yep. Right. Yep, and I know that there's this this hate that's overcooked a little bit. I think for for Luke Getzey, and we've talked about this. I don't think he's Shanny. I don't think he's the football devil. Um, <laughs> but the the truth of the matter is, I was talking to Shay about this before in the break. I was like, "Look, don't take it from me. Take it from a Hall of Famer." Steve Young came on our show several years ago and said, "Look, guys, if I continued to play the way I played when I was at Tampa, I would have been out of the league in year in a couple of years." When he got to San Francisco, they told him, "Look." This is a great quality or talent that you have, and we're going to implement it. But if you can't function at a high level from the pocket, you're not going to last long, and we're not going to win championships. So at the end of the day, I'm with you. Luke Getze does need to use different things to take advantage of Justin's unique skill set. But every good offense, every above-average offense circles back to the pocket. Lamar makes plays from there. Josh Allen makes plays from there. Jalen Hurts makes plays from there. You have to make plays from there. So this thought that the only thing you can do is cut the field in half and get Justin outside the pocket, you ain't going anywhere with that. You're going somewhere with a guy who can do that and also do what he did to the Falcons. The first play of the game was from the pocket. The first play of the second drive was from the pocket. The touchdown is from the pocket. The post to Tyler Scott is from the pocket. All of these big plays have come from the pocket. All of the stuff that he did really well in the first half of the Washington game, most of it comes from the pocket. If you look at, at all quarterbacks and the majority of, a, of the really good stuff that takes place, it takes place from the pocket. It's essential. So 
the concept that, that Luke Getzey's doing him a disservice by not having him out on the edge on every play, to me, is nonsense. You are such an easier team to defend if you constantly cut the field in half. It's got to be part of your repertoire. It can't be the only thing you do. And I think that was on full display Sunday where Justin made plays on the edge, but also, you know, got fat and ate from the pocket. And that's, to me, that's the combination in the NFL that you have to be good at. Tommy, we appreciate it as always. You're the best. I love you guys. All right. Love you. Thanks for bringing that down.